a Pulp MX Network production. With your support of our sponsors, we have reached over 800 podcasts and counting. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, support your moto addiction by buying from our sponsors. It's the Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. Presented by Fox Racing. The original moto podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the Racer X Online Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. This is the Indianapolis Supercross Review. Thanks for uh, listening. We appreciate it. Fox Racing's presenting this podcast, foxhead.com. Visit your local authorized Fox dealer. They've got the 2016 Flex Air stuff out now. They've got the retro stuff that uh, both Dunge and uh, Roxon wore this weekend. Fox Racing, the official gear of the Monster Energy Pro Circuit, guys. Gannon Audet getting a third. Who had Gannon Audet in the podium uh, to get the first first podium for Pro Circuit? Uh, Put their hand up. Uh, Exactly. Nobody. Fox Racing. Foxhead.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. My name's Steve Mathis. With me on the line, uh, my boss, the RacerX online editor, the Jason Wygant. Yeah. Who just got finished riding again. Weej, are you turning into like a racer? Are you going to start riding all the time? Are you? I'm trying to. Okay. Yes, this is uh, my uh, misspent youth. I'm making up for. Uh, I'm like uh, one of those fantasy baseball camps where uh, seven year old guys go out and catch like ground balls with like the carcasses of ex major leaguers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. I never really had a chance to ride much when I was younger, so I'm trying now. Yeah, I see that. I see that. Uh, yeah. Also on the line, he was with me at Indianapolis. We sat next together like true buddies all uh, all all day long in Saturday in Indianapolis. He's Racer X Online's Chase Stala. What's up, Chaser? Oh, doing well. Just trying to just trying to replace Weege, man. He's uh, I don't know. I haven't seen him much lately. No, he's a like you said. He's he's a professional fantasy motocross rider now. He's like a fantasy yeah. camper, right? Um, yeah, good for him, man. There there was the Wayne Gretzky fantasy camp that just came through Vegas a couple weeks ago. I needed fifteen thousand dollars to uh, to go in and get passes from Wayne and all his buddies, and that would just be epic. And I think one day I will do it. I really will. That'll be just 50, so. Yeah, he used to charge nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine, which made a lot of sense, and now he charges fifteen thousand dollars. So he doesn't. Uh, you know how great that would be for a three day camp, though. Why again? Hey, Ricky Carmichael only charges four hundred and forty four. Okay. Oh, he does. Oh, I didn't know that. That was yeah. the price. Oh, four four. Okay. Yeah, yeah four forty four. Um, <laughs> hey, go to racerx on racerxonline dot com forward slash forward slash subscribe uh, to get the new magazine. Uh, what's in the new magazine? We didn't D- DC wrote a big thing about Davalos, right? Well, yeah, it's not what's in it; it's what's on it on the cover. Mathis Martin Davalos. I've always been there for him, and I'm very excited to get this issue in the mail. Now, here's what's confusing. Apparently, in this story, Davalo says that it was visa issues uh, that prevented him from racing Toronto, which I cannot believe, because at Toronto, we were told it was uh, personal family issues. Yeah. You're really, hey, you are not letting that go from Bobby Hewitt. Like, this is something that sticks with you. You like Bobby. You get along with him. But you are not happy that this is what the team said, insisted on, and went with. I I really really get that sense, why get. 
Yeah, and I understand there's probably legal ramifications. So here's all I ask. When it's someone that I, like, know and they trust me and I trust them and stuff, just level with me and be like, listen, dude, we can't put the visa thing out there because there's legal issues or whatever the issue might be. I, I don't believe they lied for the heck of it. I'm sure there's some, you know, big reason that could cost somebody some money or something, right? I get that. Yeah. So just level with me and don't insult their intelligence to say, we heard it's a visa issue. No, it's a family issue. Like, come on, dude. Now you're just <laughs> making a – like, if I say – Yes, I agree. It is a family issue. Now I'm just a dumb guy that believed your lie. Yeah. So well, you put me in a bad spot. The, the problem is, too, that is the modem, the, uh, traditionally, Moto Media will just run with whatever the team tells them and will be happy to run with that because we'll, that way they can go back to the truck and get some free energy drinks. So <laughs> Autographed jerseys, yeah. On autographed so anyway, jerseys. You, Davey did a story, and he did follow up. I mean, we had Davalos planned on the cover. Uh, since he won Atlanta and as a mm. point leader and whatnot. Yeah. And then this thing fell into our lap, a much more dramatic story. And then our own Chase Sallow right here on the call, putting in huge overtime and literally going to Cairo, Georgia, not just to watch some amateurs scrub at MTF, but Chase, you actually went to Cairo itself. Yeah, three days, man. Um, and we actually just had episode one of our three-part series on – Racerx Online, um, the video part go live on Friday. Um, so yeah, it was it was amazing experience. You know, it's kind of the uh, you know you always hear about Cairo, right? And mm-hmm. you hear all these things, but until you actually go, it's it's hard to get a sense of now, you know what the town's like and and the, these facilities, which are amazing. You know, um, did I read your story but, right? Uh, did I read your story right that Woodrow Josh Woods was first there? The facility was there. Now, Colleen had land there. Okay. With, but MTF didn't open until after Yeah, GPF. so the first riding facility was Wood, Josh Woods' GPF. I did not know that. I thought yeah. I thought they came yeah. in after. Yeah. I, as did I until I actually, you know, started getting into the story, um, which the story itself is more not necessarily about the facilities, but their fight against the county and, and yeah. really how they kind of had to hang on. Um you know, almost got pushed out. So, yeah, pick it up, read it. Cool. Yes. Did 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 I do anything in this feature in this magazine for features? Uh, it's the mechanics one. Is that in this one? Oh, that was in the last one. Yeah, I wrote. Yeah, I think it's okay. Yeah, it's in this one. Yeah, I'm. I'm always. Yeah. You never. You always get. You guys know. You get lost on which issue is, which is coming yeah, yeah. up when. But uh, yeah, so I did one on mechanics, and I didn't want to. As a former mechanic, I did not want to insult my brethren, but seriously, being a mechanic has never been less important than it is now. Seriously. And there's motor guys, there's data guys, there's suspension guys. Um, the rider himself has a trainer, has a practice bike mechanic, has a girlfriend, has a wife, has a riding coach, has the team manager, has all the people that are specialists on the motorcycle to speak to. And the days of the mechanic just driving the rider and making all the changes and even stuff that I did. Uh, Nick Way, I changed the suspension fluid between races. I jetted the machine. Uh, I went with him practicing. Uh, this is an O2. Those days are long gone. And, again, I didn't want to make it sound like mechanics are less important than they ever have been, but they're less important than they've ever been. So I wanted to touch on that. And I couldn't quite get – anybody sort of to admit that because obviously they have them on their teams and they want to talk you know they want to keep the morale up and everything but 
it's an interesting look at the mechanics role. It's it's drastically changed from what it once was. And also, too, you know, the mechanics used to go with the riders everywhere. Uh, Bundy, uh, Skip Norfolk went around. Brian Lunas went with his guys. Um, he was brought in as a specialist. Brian Lunas was back in the day. Nowadays, the team is just like, nope, we got our guys and we're happy with them and we don't want any new guys. Eli Tomac's guy, Brian Krantz, going to Cowie, that was a massive fight behind the scenes. Eli insisted on it, and uh, um, it happened, and it was very rare. Cowie actually moved Mike Williamson, who was there and was a mechanic, moved him to like a crew chief role, but they already had a crew chief in like Kurt Rude, so they've... They created a position for Eli Tomac's uh, mechanic, which is very rare. Most teams are just like, we got our guys, and we don't want to hire new ones. So it's an interesting feature, I think, from a look as a, as a, for mechanics and, and how different they are. So, I think the ultimate proof there is uh, there, were back, there were times back in the day where like, the performance of two bikes very drastically based on who the mechanic was. And now you just think the mechanic, the job is for the bike to not DNF. But, yeah. Right? Like the no. bike's were almost hopped up and tuned, and they would run better depending yeah. on who was the best mechanic. No, absolutely. Cliff White's bikes uh, were be- – John Michelle Bale's bikes in 90 were better than Mike Krudowski's bike in 90. And once Bale got hurt, they gave Krudowski Bale's motor, and because Cliff had been going in at night and tuning it up and, and, and um, porting the bike, all of a sudden Krudowski's bike got a whole lot better. And nowadays, though, man, righty-tighty, lefty-loosey. That's about all you need to know for mechanics, which actually – Makes me funny because makes me laugh a little bit because there are some mechanics still in the pits that with successful riders that really think that they're you know pretty good and I always have to laugh I don't I mean I don't want to call anybody out but some of these guys are guys that I know and I'm just like really guy like seriously if if you know you're the lowest paid guy on the team and righty tidy lefty Lucy it's unfortunate and even pit board locations. Pit board locations nowadays are pretty much garbage. Your motivational speeches on pit boards to dig deep and everything else those are those are out the window, man. So it's a different it's a different look at it. And um, like I said, I didn't want to piss off my former mechanics buddies and stuff, but yep, it's uh, it's getting bleak for them. So, anyways, so read check all about it. yeah, so read yep. all about it in the new issue. Um, and then yeah, so and I'll be pumped on that Marty Marty feature. I'm surprised I didn't get asked to write it. So I, I would have a thing, I would have a thing or two to say. <laughs> Your guys' relationship is so great. I'm surprised Andrew did not ask you to do that. Honestly, I mean, once again, Marty this weekend, and we'll touch on it. He had it. He had a podium. He threw it away. I mean, look, anytime you're 11 years in the class on a factory bike and you just throw it away, throw away a podium again, I mean, you just you got to sign that man. Sign him for a lot of money. Keep Keep signing him. Okay. All right. Indianapolis Supercross review. Chaser and Wygant. First of all, uh, the track again was super short lap times. I I don't exactly know what's going on, but thankfully, Chase, the the track itself proved to be the biggest challenge because of how soft and ruddy it was. It wasn't Indy, like, what was that, three years ago when Alessi ran third most of the race and then Tomac that second, it was just hammered, but it was it was a gnarly track chase. Yeah, it really was, and you're right; it did kind of save it. I mean, I think they were, you know, Dungey and Roxon especially were 44, 45, and then I think they went to like 46 to 48, kind of later in the race. Mm-hmm. But it could have been really short, um, you know, if not for how difficult it was. And you know, you talked to riders afterwards, as did I, and I don't think I've ever heard so many riders 
you know, just are like, man, that was survival out there. It was, you know, especially in Supercross, um, you know, it was deep. It was, man, it was just gnarly. Um, even the, you know, the jumps to the faces, the oh, landings, I mean, was... everything. It was, you had to be precise or it was going to bite you. Guys um, were just flying off the track. <laughs> yeah. Even during practice, I mean, every, you know, every other corner you look and there was a couple guys down. Um, yeah. And so it was really surprising to me anyways that, you know, Dungey and Roxon were able to push as hard as they did um, to be up, you know, 27 seconds on on Anderson. And I think they lapped up to, you know, eighth or ninth. Seventh. Um, they got seventh. They lapped Purcell in seventh. Seventh. Yep. Yeah, up to seventh on a track that difficult. Um, I thought that was, you know, something that may get dismissed a little bit, you know, overshadowed by how great the race was, um, you know, they did it on a track that was probably the hardest well, know, of the year. I think that says something for the rest of the field, unfortunately. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, maybe. That 29 seconds, uh, Anderson finished back of Dunge. And uh, I don't – yeah, like it, it's, I think it says something for the rest of the field that these guys really couldn't even come close. I mean, 30-second lead for these two guys, Weege. It was, it was pretty phenomenal. Did you – did it look like on TV, Wygant, because you weren't there again – did it look like on TV? Like to me, Roxon. Anytime Roxon wanted to, he could reel Dungey in. He really could. He told me afterwards it was a bit of a goggle issue with getting roosted, so he wanted he didn't want to stay right on the back of Dunge. But there were two or three times, including the opening laps, that Roxon just really made up some serious time on Dunge. Yeah, it absolutely looked that way. And I think to me, what the race really boiled down to was it was Roxon had maybe more speed or more of that burst. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dungey basically made, I mean, relatively zero mistakes. Yeah. I mean, even Dungey made mistakes, just considering how bad that track was. But considering how bad it was, you could basically say that Dungey ran a mistake-free race where Roxon was maybe faster, but maybe made three big errors. I mean, three times he got either, I think twice he got right there, and then one time he actually did pass him. And then he was messed yeah. up, and then he even had to make ground up, and then he made it up again. But So it really just came down to, like, uh, it was almost like tortoise in the hair, right? Like, a little quicker, Dungey a little steadier, worked out almost exactly yeah. the same at the end. Yeah, uh, but Roxon had yeah. a faster overall lap time, you know, when you yeah, look at that one, which is rare to see. But if Roxon jumps at finish line, doesn't screw the dragon back up, jumps at finish line, I think he wins the race. I really do. I agree. Yeah, it was the one mistake, and uh, you know, and that and that dragon back had claimed so many dudes all day long. Just uh, you know. Well, you could even see Dunge. Uh, yeah, I think the rut just got even that much worse as the race went on. Even though Dunge did not mess it up, I mean, the last three laps, it was winging a prayer even for Dungey. Yeah. Like, just practically doing a deadlift, picking the bike up to make it get over that jump. Uh, he's as steady as they come, and even him, it was like, ooh, is Dunge going to hold on to it? Yeah, it was uh, – honestly, if I'm a team manager for Tomac, for Kennard, for Chad – Brayton, he's got. I'm de- more depressed than ever that my guy wasn't able to keep it within, you know, a lap of these two dudes. Like, I think it clearly says something. I, I really do. Well, I think if you even look at the last two races, they have kind of hit another level. I don't know if it was the, right. the week break or, or what it was, but these last two races, they've been clearly mm-hmm. by far the best riders. I mean, yeah. it's not even close. Um, you know, before I think you could even make a case for Anderson or, or Reed on the given occasion or uh, Tomac on the given occasion that, you know, they could be up there battling with these guys. 
But yeah, these last two races, it's not even close. It's those two, and then you mm. know who's fighting for third. And once again, I thought Tomac was in third early. I didn't like him to move forward from there, but I'm like, ah, I think he's got a third because why can't we know how good he is on these kind of tracks? We've seen it. Daytona, that indie race I referenced beginning of this podcast, any race that's loose and ruddy, uh, New Jersey a couple years ago or last year, um, these are tracks that Eli's good at. And I expected him to hold on to that third, which, by the way, would have gave me a perfect uh, motocross dynasty podium. Uh, Actually, would have gave me a perfect top four if Anderson had stayed there. So I really thought Eli would stay there. And just the signifying of his year. I haven't watched the race yet. Did he get tangled up with Lappers, or did he just go down by himself? He stalled. Oh, he stalled. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I I thought he had gone down as well, but he actually stalled. Um, Are you sure he didn't go? He didn't go? That's what I've heard is he stalled. Um, Even if you look at the – I watched the TV over again, and it shows like a brief glimpse of him like trying to kickstart the bike. So I um, think he went down. Pretty sure he stalled. And then he was kicking his bike. Okay. All right. Yeah. But I think that's what it was. I mean, we can obviously find out later. But I'm going to text somebody right now and find out. What do you think about that? All right. Um, but I think that's one of the things that, that will kind of get lost here. Is even if he did get third, he was going to be way behind. And, you know, this is a track that suits him. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, or you would have thought suits him. Um, you know, and he, I don't think, would. I mean, I don't think he would have been 27 seconds down, but he would have been like um, 10, 15, I think. Yeah, um, I think he might have been 29 seconds down. I really do. You think? I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean. Um, Anderson rode well to come from the back to get third. Uh, Kennard was in third right. for a brief second, he told me, after the race, which I didn't I didn't see that. But um, yeah. <clears throat> Weege, Baggett got fifth, Porcel seventh, Alessi tenth. I think we can kind of see the track helping these guys out a little bit. Yeah, uh, Alessi's had two good ones in a row. Purcell obviously had been off for a while. That was good. But, yeah, I think all three of them you could point at. More difficult, gnarly, outdoorish, and then Purcell yep. kind of a technical guy. Yep. Especially with the fast lap in practice. I mean, I know that he's been crazy with the practice stuff all year, but dude had a neck injury and hasn't raced in a month. And then he wasn't third fastest or second. He was first. So I think you're right. I think those rucks played into the strength of all three. Uh but on the Tomac thing, that's the problem. He should have also been one. Yes. Think this would have helped. It's like the hits keep on coming. Every week there's like even more depressing news on the Tomac front. Yeah, I didn't realize, but he he let go uh, Ricky Gilmore. Did you guys know that? His uh, personal suspension guy that had followed him around. Um, I guess yeah. they, they parted ways. I didn't. I, out. I did not realize yep. that. So um, I think that says something, too, for the state of, you know, Camp Tomac a little bit. Um, right. Uh, I, I'm so torn about Purcell because, yes, an f- amazing job to get the the fast lap time. And Wygant, I don't know if they showed this, if you watch Supercross Live, it came about three laps after he just about died on that triple where Jeremy Martin crashed, the triple onto the table. He just cartwheeled bad. And Oh, so, yeah, I did actually see that. I did see that. Yeah. Is that where he walked, where he walked off? Well, I'll get to that. No, that oh, that sorry, one he one. that one he got up. That was in practice. So then, you know, he eats shit pretty good. We know he's not a fan of falling, and he's 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 a little bit of uh, tentative when it comes to pushing like that. He does not want to crash. 
So, but he got up and he set the fastest lap time two laps after that. That's really good and good job by him. Now in the heat race, he crashed on the next jump after the triple onto the table, and um, uh, then he 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 just left his bike. He's okay to race. He comes back for the semi, which is good job by him. He almost pulls a whole shot from the far outside. But I don't like leaving your gate. I don't like leaving your bike like that. As a former mechanic, he just walked the length of the stadium, left his bike there. It's like one good thing, one bad thing. I'm just like, God, Kristoff. So, I don't know. Yeah, he just said mechanic jobs are so easy these days. Eh, let him go fetch a bike. See? Yeah, you, you can't. If you're okay, you got to push your bike back, ride it back. He literally just started walking back. Like I'm out. I'm done. I'm just ah, oh, jeez. But oh, by the way, uh, Tomac crashed. Uh, he hesitated on the jump because the two lappers then tried to jump and came up short and crashed. So it wasn't just a stall. You win, man. Um, just because I remember seeing him pick his bike up, I thought like the, I caught the last okay. little bit of picking, picking it yeah, up. Yeah, I didn't see that. Um. But anyways, Porcel were like three riders post race that said he stalled. That's where we got that from. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I think Bernard and Anderson said it, yeah. Yeah, because I think he took a while to kick, kick his bike up. To kick it oh, okay. kick it to life. I think sense. it did take a little more kicks than you would think. Um but anyways, right. Porcel's back seventh. I didn't like walking off the track. I just I don't like that. I don't like that move. We all know my feelings on that. You know, one thing about Dunge, Dunge pushes his bike back, whether it's the chain whether it's running out of gas, Dunge pushes his bike back, and he is a Supercross champion. Can't help but relate to those two things. Just saying. Hey, what was the uh, atmosphere at a Red Bud? Uh, was it 2006? 2000, yeah, the 2006 when uh, Reed's chain came off, and he just uh, dumped it right there in the center of the track for like uh, the Vulture fans. That he was walked, uh, walked back. What was that like? That was 04. That was oh, 04, okay. yep. And his chain came off, and he dumped his bike, and he walked all the way back. That, um, yeah, that was on, I was on the Yamaha then. Um, things weren't going well. Things were not good. What was, the, what, was the, what was the reaction to that, walking off like that? You mean from Chad? Oh, no, from the team. Like, oh. were they mad at him? Uh, no, probably just me. Oh, okay. Probably just another thing when we <laughs> hated each other. And, you know, and I was like, really, guy? Really? I did get mad at... Uh, uh, Tim Ferry once for he pushed his bike most of the way back and then just left it, and I'm like, just push it all the way back, bro. Just push it, you know. So, um, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Um, what else? Uh, Baggett was kind of uh, quiet in fifth, but good job by him. And Stu, Stu, we thought uh. the breakout was coming from Stu, and he crashed in practice, and he hurt his foot. Or the knee? I heard both. I don't know. But I heard ankle as well. So okay. One of the three. I heard that there was some serious discussion in the Suzuki truck during the day, and it was not going well. So we'll see. We'll see. It's What was the serious discussion about? Uh, just about, about the bike, I guess, not working well. Yeah. That's, that's the problem, huh? Well, I... I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it was a pretty good crash. I, someone tweeted, tweeted it to me. Someone tweeted yeah. it, and I saw it, and it was pretty tweeted good. Tweeted it to us as well. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And I, I saw, saw the, the end of it. End of it. Right. Yeah, I did too, but I didn't. I didn't see it, it mm-hmm. happen until somebody sent that over. So, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, you know, initially, if, if you know, if you weren't in practice, or and of course, I don't think they showed anything on Supergirl Slob or anything. 
you know, you would have thought it was just him pulling out, but yeah, it actually was. He did have a crash, so yeah. it wasn't. Yeah, no, it's it, we thought things had turned the corner a little bit, but I think things got worse. So, um, what else? Um, oh, how bad? So Weimer posted a photo of Barsha. Barsha took his front wheel out um, yeah, early, early in the main. And Weimer said that he just kind of stared at stared at Barsha when he was getting lapped after he was getting going. And then he said that after the finish, he just sat there and stared at, at Barsha again when he came up with a finish. And he said Barsha actually came up and apologized. Wow. How, really? how bad does it have to be for Barsha to apologize, <laughs> right? Like, if, he, if, if Barsha's like, oh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, man, and that's what's funny, right? So, you know, I think, you know, if, if this would have been, you know, for second or third or, or caught on tape, it would have been, you know, mm-hmm. outrage and, you know, kill Justin Barsha. But, man, this stuff happens a lot. In the back, right? Yeah. And then it's never seen, never talked about. Right. You know, if Weimer wouldn't have posted that on Instagram, probably many people wouldn't even have known about it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's just funny how that works. I saw yeah. the video of it after the race. Did you? Yeah, I saw the RCH team video after the race. And it was a lot like Freeze on Pike when, when Freeze got beat down. Like he was not, oh, go- really? he was not, he was pointed to the exit of, to the side of the track, you know? And yeah, wow, and that's and that was that was right where before that triple, right? Where it was Yeah, yeah, before even the big, if he took the way inside, there's no way he's making that triple, right? I think he was just planning on bouncing off Weimer. But the the funny thing to me is like when Barsha apologizes and he feels like it was out of line, it must have been bad. It must have <laughs> yeah. been terrible for Barsha to be like, My bad, my bad. <laughs> But yeah. But Weege, uh Barsha came back, you know, last week in Santa Clara. Uh this week he comes back, you know, second race back and dude, I, I don't know, man. He qualified 22nd. Like I'm yeah. really surprised that he's this bad. I, what what's going on? Like, yeah, I know that again we said and I used last week like we have to officially declare that when he come back in mid-season it's just not going to go well. But even by those standards, no. this is terrible. Yes. And I know that he said, okay, last year he came back almost the exact same time, and it wasn't good. And he said, but this year it's not nearly as bad. Mm-hmm. But it actually has been worse. Yeah. Like he said he felt more prepared than the coming back around this time last year. But this is, dude, this is bad. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No. No, I don't know. And here's the problem. Like, what happens last year, remember, then he started uh, first national or two wasn't so great. Then he started coming on, and then eventually started winning. Mm-hmm. So then it was so easy, hindsight being twenty twenty. I must have heard 20 guys say, well, that team was stupid. They, they brought him back early. They shouldn't have brought him back for Supercross. And that hurt his confidence, and it took him two or three nationals to get going. No. But I think – No, yeah. No, exactly. Here's the problem with any of these teams making this decision. Half the time they're watching the guy ripping it during the week and saying, send him out there. This is going to be great. It's easy after the races go crappy to then – Again, hindsight be twenty twenty. Say they well, shouldn't have sent him out there, but I don't think they thought it would be this bad. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I get what you're saying. We each come back, and you know, we, we but we got to get we got to get top tens. We got to qualify top ten, get top ten, you know, be in the mix. Yeah. But he's, no, you and I are agreeing. I don't think they expected top ten to be hard to get. I figured they, I think they were like watching him during the week. I'm sure they were thinking he'll be fine when he races. He'll be at least top ten, if not better. It'll be great. 
it's easy now after two races for everyone to say they shouldn't have brought him back. Wow. But I don't think they expected it to go this bad. I know. So do you do you bench Barsha for Phil? Do you just say, you know what? We've got a better option. His name is Phil Nicoletti. <laughs> now, if you're looking for confidence, that's the way you do it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Chaser, you know what, Barsha? We're good, bro. We're good. Yeah, we're only paying you millions of dollars, man. Just, just take a seat. We got, we got Phil. Um, yeah, we got Phil coming in. Hey. Um, no, I, I think you've got to let him get his confidence back, though, right? I mean, well, you, it's getting worse. Yeah. But yeah, it won't happen. They're not going to bench him. But, you know, let's just say they, that was the decision he and the team made. Hey, let's go get ready for outdoors. But don't you think his confidence is shot right now? Like, don't you have to let him try to at least work back into that? Oh, yeah, no, you can't do it. You decided he was yeah. ready. You said to Phil, you know, hey, we're good. Barsha's ready. And I talked to J-Bone about it. He's like, dude, he was ripping. He was riding great. We thought he looked good. He's, yeah. He recorded. You know, he said that um, He said that he's gotten uh, – uh, he was good. So, um, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when Michael Essie, Vince Freeze are just beating you on the rag – Time to time to think about it, you know, because Barsha again, he should be better. So I I, I don't expect him to, to, you know, he should be top. And 10. especially he was the way he started the season. I mean, he was out front doing well. Uh, you know, obviously he had an injury that was kind of made him go back. But you know, you would have thought him coming back was like, oh, well, he was doing well. Top ten should mm-hmm. be easy build on that. But it, you're right. I mean, even in practice, it's, it's not going well either. No. What else uh, caught your eye? Uh, Weege, anything else from the 450 class? Uh, by the way, Anderson, I know he got beat by 27 seconds. He's outclassed everybody by those two guys up front are at another level. But that was an awesome ride for him. Yeah. And that's really – he's really come into his own. I know he won Anaheim one, uh, but he, then that turned out to be a little bit of an aberration. He wasn't that good. He won Detroit. For, he, won, he won Detroit. Well, that's what I mean. Like, now you're – and he won Detroit, and I know he didn't win-win Detroit, but he still rode awesome. You know, he actually caught Marvin and passed him. Would have got second. That's good. Last week, he was pretty good. He got third this week. Dude, I have no idea how he even got third. I mean, he was way back. And then all of a sudden, the race is over, and I'm like, how? I actually tweeted, how in the living hell did he get third? I thought he was in, like, ninth. Um, so for, like, the mere mortals category, he's yeah. really stepped up. He's riding well. Yeah, absolutely. You talked to him after the race, right, Chase? Yeah, I did. I mean, and he even said, he was like, man, this is really not my track. I mean, he's usually, he was like, this track can usually bite me. So he was like, I was happy with third. Um, you know, and even if you go back to last year and, you know, he he would show those signs, right, get third and, and get fourth and whatever, and then he would just have these bonehead moves. And it doesn't seem like you see that as much this year. It seems like he's kind of, figured that out a little bit um, do you mean bonehead moves like taking out riders or mistakes on his end well a little bit of i would say t- like mistakes on his end okay right? um where he was just you know either forcing the issue or you know i'm not sure exactly what it was but i don't think we've seen those this year um and i think he's kind of figured out the consistency part um which i'm sure it helps being around dungey all the time so hmm yeah no, he's he's been good. He's been really good. What's been his last? Uh, let me look. What? Yeah, he's went one three three. So oh, okay, uh, yeah, three straight podiums. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, before that he'd gone three races without a podium. So yeah, he's kind of you're right. He turned it around a little bit. So yeah, uh, and I found it interesting too. Uh, Roxon went to stock triple clamps on his bike. That's uh, 
It's an interesting move. Straight out of GL, Grant Langston winning the, the outdoor title that one year. So, um, yeah, he's gone to some stock triple clamps. So, I talked to him a little bit about it. He just likes it better. He's like, yeah, my bike is more towards stock than it's ever been. So. Those things come and go in uh, in the trend, don't they? That was like the old factory connection, like in the Wyndham days, maybe seven or eight years ago. Yeah, um, yeah, you, you, yeah, different flex yep. characteristics, and yeah, lots of different things to try. So, um, yeah, it doesn't mean he'll stick with them, but for now, that's what it is, you know. Yep. So, um, all right, uh, listen to this commercial from Race Tech. Save yourself money at uh, Race Tech. Use the code PulpMX16 to save yourself money. Suspension service. Just if you're riding, if you're riding like Wygant, get your suspension serviced, and uh, it's that simple, folks. And then also to Michelin Starcross Five, brand new tire Michelin Motorcycles dot com. Listen to these commercials. We'll be right back with Chase Stallo and Jason Wygant to talk some two fifties. Hey, thanks for listening to the VTOSports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Racetech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Racetech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, and probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech, Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10%? At uh, Racetech, go to PulpMX2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right, back to the show. Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiff is that you have when you come into corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, on the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. And it's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension in tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelin's uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this, 
Um, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage. So uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses, Kiefer. Reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting traction handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out, the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. And we're back! Racer X online podcast uh, presented by Fox Racing, foxhead.com. Uh, thanks for uh, those commercials. Racerxonline.com forward slash subscribe to the magazine. We're trying to pump the magazine up a little more, people, to get, re- get you people re- reading some things that are interesting that we put a lot of work into every month. And it seems like whether it's on my Twitter or my emails, I get these questions and, and I'm like, well, yeah, we wrote it in the magazine. You still need to get the magazine, everybody. You don't just get everything online anymore. Right? That's my speech. Yeah, I don't think people realize that. I don't think people realize we have nothing that crosses over. It's completely different info. I work harder on a motocross, on a magazine feature than I do on anything else. I really do. Because it's 2,000 oh, words. Yeah. You have to refine it. you got to get your point through. Um, you know, for me, writing a feature, I, I bust my balls. So read it. Damn it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I did the Daytona uh, story in this one. And, I mean, geez, I must have talked to 20 different yeah. People that raced all the different types of events from the Supercross to the amateur thing. To, we even had a flat track person in there and DNC and quad guys like, to get the whole bike week experience. Yeah, that was way harder work than anything else we do. Yeah, for sure. All right, Indianapolis Supercross uh, 250s, uh, GNCC, Weege. That's all you need to say, GNCC. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw it coming. What can I say? Hey, I called it. Hey, you would be – but you would be foolish – to not think that uh, Aaron's win last year at Indiana, Aaron, the track conditions in Indianapolis, Aaron winning the heat race, Aaron Plessinger I'm talking about, and then winning the main, like, that is not a coincidence, everybody. He's good at that stuff. Well, Chase and I were talking about this on the phone this morning, and, you know, anytime a guy gets the first win, you're like, oh, look out. But Chase and I both said that it's hard to say because, it could just be that it's his time and things are rolling his direction now and it's going to continue, but we don't know. It could just be when you get these rutted tracks, because that Indiana National track, by the way, was, if people don't remember, yeah. that was unbelievably rutted and rough. He just went to another level that day, so we'll have to wait until next two or three races to know if this was just a one-week rutted thing or if he really is now the guy. Yeah, I don't think he's the guy. He's been fast and he's great, but... I think that this track and the ruts and everything else suits him, and that's why he won. But, you know, he's, hey, he's only 10 points back, so confidence is a yeah. scary thing. So what do you think, Chase? Yeah. Do you think which way does Aaron Plessinger's season go from this? Uh, I, you know, I think he stays about where he is. I mean, a podium guy that can challenge for win. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like he was a seventh-place guy before this. No, um, yeah, no, no. He was sure. on the podium, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and we've always said, I mean, you look at the guys that get one win and then just kind of take off, right? It's something that clicks once they get that one win. And, you know, if it takes him getting a win on a track he likes, you know, to give him that confidence, you know, so be it. Um, you know, I, do I think he'll rip off four straight and win the thing to, you know, going into Vegas? No, I don't. But, you know, I think he's going to be right in there, um, you know, 10 points, Um uh, the way this East region is gone, I mean, I think anything can happen at this point. Yeah, Mookie, so. if there was ever going to be a track where Mookie was going to be Mookie and make a Mookie mistake, 
it was good in Indiana, and he rode well to get second. He yeah, but he had a couple of close calls. He did well. Everybody right, did though. Lots of guys well, did. Well, sure. You know, yeah. so maybe maybe Plessinger was the only one that didn't really. But um, yeah. I think this really showed something for Mookie to just keep it calm, take a second, don't make any mistakes, you know, and all that because. Uh, Jeremy Martin, that's ex- you know, Jeremy Martin made a mistake. He had an easy third, riding all along, and just uh, tried to triple on the table, caught the front end, dropped the front end, and broke his bike. And Martin's out of this thing, Weege. Wow. Uh, but, you know, much like we were saying about, uh, say, Tomac, I mean, this is one I feel like Martin had to take advantage of. Um, even a third would have been okay. But, um, yeah. you know, he – We've said this for two years now, or maybe even three, that he needs to kind of take Supercross by the throat like he does outdoors. I figured this was his chance to do that. Um, but it wasn't like he was going to catch Mookie or Plessinger, and I just thought, with those short legs and those deep ruts and his experience in that, uh, those um, motocross-type conditions, mm-hmm. it's a big good one for him. But honestly, even in the heat, he got a rare good start for J-Mart, and Davalos totally reeled him in. And I'm like, ooh, that's not good for him. Right. So... It, it, obviously, he lost a lot more points than he should have. But a distant third, I don't think that's what he came, or that's what he would have needed at this point anyway. Yeah, yeah, just uh, be better. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah no, he, he, like you said, two-time motocross champion, and we just talked about this track being, you know, rock ruddy and everything else. And uh, yeah, it might have been might have been the final blow in his coffin. Although with the way this series is going, who knows? I think he's still third in the points. So um, now he's actually fourth. I think Davalos is third. Marty, now. yeah. Yeah. So we've got basically everybody. Everybody's having a terrible race at some point. Uh, Mookie's just Mookie's terrible one was a sixth, um, but everybody else has been been out. Um, how about Gannon Audet? Wow. wow, dude, that's awesome. That's awesome to see. He's a long time uh, solid guy. We never talk about him. He doesn't. He's really quiet to talk to. I don't know if do you either one of you guys know him at all. Yeah, I, know yeah, I mean, I well. say I mean, hey, here and there, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I helped him out with goggles a couple of years ago, so I know maybe a little better. Of course, Johnny Knowles all now claiming Scott the Scott goggles and everything else. By the way, so, <laughs> um, but uh, um, so he's really quiet. He doesn't have a lot to say in interviews. Uh, really nice dude, and got the call to, to jump on Tonus's bike, and uh, third place rewards Mitch right out of Mitch Payton right out of the gate, and uh, really cool story. Legend and hero from the Legend and Hero team to the Pro Circuit team. So, remember he was the guy who uh, two years in a row in practice, I think, right? Yeah, in, in Dallas. In, yeah, Dallas. in Dallas. Yep. Broke his wrist at the oh, in practice at the East Opener two years in a row. Um, well, I think he broke. So, his yeah, hip he was definitely. I think he broke his oh, hip wrist, at one of the wrist and hip. Yeah, I think. That's um, good. Yeah, right. But <clears throat> yeah, and then you guys think he had the star ride and. He's just really been kind of working his way back since that year. Um, so it was. It was a really good thing to see him kind of take advantage of his, I guess, second opportunity. If you're Mitch Payton, yeah. you're just like, yeah, Tonus, Bauer, Cincerillo. That's my East Coast lineup. And uh, I got Gannon Audet got me a podium. <laughs> you know, and he, yeah. and, and he rode into it. He caught Marty. Marty was third. And he caught yeah. him. He probably would have passed him had Marty not crashed. So Yeah, and I think he actually did go for a pass and made a little mistake, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, Davalos crashed. So it kind of gave him to him anyways. But you're right. I mean, he didn't luck into this thing. What if he keeps this going? What if he just, like, gets to a new level confidence and he starts, you know, making podiums, top five guy? 
you know, that be an interesting call to be an interesting call for Mitch come outdoors. He's already just if this is just a super cost ride, but injuries happen. Mitch is a loyal guy too, man. You give him results and everything else and uh he'll you know, this could be something for reals. Does this uh, take you back to the, the glory days when uh, Darcy Lange nearly won a Supercross title for Canada as a replacement rider with Mitch? Yeah. Was, it, was, that, was that glorious what? for you? Was he replacement? Yeah. What, you think Mitch is straight up signed? I thought he was just, yeah, straight up signed after he won Arena Cross to be an East Coast Supercross guy. Not outdoors ever, but it was just, I, did he start with another team? I think he uh, no no I think he raced a ring cross and then they grabbed him up because somebody was hurt oh, okay. you know, before he began yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, cause I remember that was what made that I think so impressive that he yeah. was right in the hunt and he wasn't even supposed to be there yeah right right yeah no maybe um, yeah so Mookie's ten up do we still we like Mookie to take this home Chase I think so at this point yeah um, so there's four rounds left. Um, I think Andrew or Plessinger would probably have to win, you know, two of them. Um, and I'm not sure I see that happening. Um, so yeah, yeah, I like Mookie at this point. It uh, Vegas is going to be nuts. Vegas is oh. going to be nuts. Like who knows? You know, we we're bench racing and everything else, but with them counting the points, the you know, separate and everything else, uh, or the same as if for everybody, it it could be nuts. It's going to be interesting, um, for sure. Bowers got a bad start, but even then, rough night for Bowers. He was gone by the time I got to the pits. I don't think he wanted to hang out. Although he was on my flight yesterday morning. Um, Hampshire uh, had to go to the LCQ, so he got a terrible start. Got sixth. Um, he was not happy after the race either when I talked to him at all. McElrath kind of worked his way up from the from the backish to get fourth, so good job by McElrath. Reslin's first race back, ninth place. You'll take that, huh, Weege? Yeah, dude, and he was like I think sixth fastest in practice. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was an like unseated. He was in, yeah, he was an unseated, and he just was smoked everybody in that practice. Yeah, yeah, he looked good. Um, and you know, there's a little thing brewing. He called Nichols got so much buzz, and obviously Amart did well last year. So just kind of felt like Renslin might be in line for the same type of breakthrough, and then obviously he got hurt, so mm-hmm. he didn't really saw. Um, so I kind of thought whenever he got back that he could maybe have something. So maybe he does. Can we start a GoFundMe for some graphics for Dakota Alex's bike? Is it possible? Can we get a GoFundMe going? Well, well and it's Certainly funny. Putting like, all the money MTF, in the motor. What's yeah, that? MTF helps him get to these races. I'm surprised that they wouldn't you know, want to promote they, their own business. Are they embarrassed of Alex, maybe? For <laughs> well, not with it starts. I, I know, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> He's getting the whole shot on just about everyone. A-Rod. A-Rod with a seventh. Good job. I haven't seen much out of A-Rod this year. Like, there's no flashes from A-Rod, but uh, nah. seventh place. It's good but job. he stayed healthy. Yes. So that's, I think, key for him. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, he actually had, I think, ribs. He did get hurt right before um, Atlanta. I was talking to Skip Norfolk because they're with that team now, that Traders team. So he was kind of on the mend like week to week. So they were kind of waiting. Uh, so there we go, two weeks off. Same. He comes, yeah. he's better. Yeah. Rens on the back. A couple guys healed up. Again, another case, though, of – you know, just letting everybody think you suck instead of yeah. just disclosing that you have a right. rib injury. Right. Right? I, I, I yeah. don't get it. It's one of my pet peeves that why so secretive on, you know, something like that. It's not football like somebody's going to go smash you in the ribs to hurt your, uh, you know. Nah, that's not what we've been told. 
It's not well, what we've been told. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Well. Um, Mathis had a showdown once with a no longer working for the AMA, AMA employee. Because uh, they had a rule in the Nationals where – how did this work exactly, right? They, they took 40 guys in on times, but they had – like two alternates, and then if any of those 40 guys got hurt in practice, is that how it worked? You just were thrown into the motos? Something like that, right? Yeah. Um, so they would not let, if you were the two, like, say, alternate guys, the 41st, 42nd fastest, they would not let them practice. So Mathis, of course, being Mathis, cannot control his rage. By, like, the third or fourth national, he's at high point. He's like, this is ridiculous. You can't let these guys not practice on Sunday. You can't let them only ride on Saturday, not race Sunday, and then a dude gets hurt, they just get called to the gate. And they're like, but they could purposely take dudes out to get themselves into the show. Mm-hmm. And that was like, they're not in F-16 tactical fighters yeah, like, with target lock missile on a guy. Yeah, let me yeah. Let, let me target somebody's tip fib right now so I can get in the moto. Sure. Yeah, that that happens. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Hey, who's Henry Miller from Rochester, Minnesota? Tie loop guy. Fresh out of amateurs. Maybe, wow. maybe two years, but I think this is the first year. Another Minnesota yeah. guy. We don't quite have enough fast Minnesota Man. guys. Oh, by the way, Went- Wentland crashed out in practice, got landed on, and broke his finger and everything else. So that sucks for Jesse. He was off to a good good start. Yeah, another yeah. privateer that's having a good year. And then, um, and then uh, Durham, I- I'm going to resist the-, the toast joke with Durham. He's crashed out three laps in. Or his bike mechanical, I'm not exactly sure. But I'm going re- re- to hold back on the toast you know, him and Tyler Behrman, East Coast is toast, and I'd love to go there with Durham being toast, but I can't. So You're learning. You're maturing, I believe. I, I think I'm getting, yeah, I'm just getting smarter, just getting wide. I mean, it's just funny. The East Coast is toast is, is, a, is a really funny title, but, you know, when you do the opposite of toasting the East Coast and you get toasted well, you leave yourself open. So, uh, I would assume that was a company that probably came up with that. Name. Yeah, that's fine. I still can make fun of it. <laughs> uh, Jacob Williamson right. got out at ride, and uh, he's a kid from uh, Michigan who had never ridden Supercross before. We we, we profiled him on on our RaceRx online site. Um, yeah, high school that, kid. It's yeah, high school. Yeah, he's cool to cheer for. Bloss ate crap three times that I saw. I don't know what happened in the main, but I saw he Benny, ate crap in the main. Okay, I saw Benny Bloss. Yeah. Benny Bloss was really struggling with ruts that were as tall as deep as Benny Bloss himself. So he was he was not having a fun time out there. And I can honestly say Bachelia, I never noticed Bachelia Chaser. Did you? I didn't either. I did. No. He got thirteenth. I I don't know. I don't know where he was. Yeah, and it's and it's weird. He had that podium and you thought maybe all right, like yeah. maybe turning this around and then since then it's just been yeah. It's been terrible for him. Like yeah. I don't, you know, maybe he's dealing with injury we don't know about, which I'm sure is the case. And yep. you know, people will get mad at us four weeks later. Um, you know, but yeah, I don't know. It hasn't been good since the podium. So right. Um, what else, Weech? Uh, I had the quote of the year uh, from Justin Bogle uh, post race. Are you ready? Yep. Best quote ever. Says he cased the jump. He cased it so hard. It was such a hard case that even O.J. Simpson's team couldn't have saved him. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. That is pretty well, good. Well, he is a rapper, so. Right. Yeah. I think he's wasting his time with this racing thing. He's got talents that go above and beyond racing uh, motorcycles. 
I I uh I went in the Honda truck for a while to go talk to to, to the great Tim Ferry and um found him by the way. And uh we were talking about something and a fan was outside. I guess some some drunk chick was out there and they were like, "Yeah, like what was she, what was that all about?" And and Trey Kennard and Timmy were laughing about like like I guess she was, you know, saying something to Kennard, maybe maybe promiscuous. I don't know. And so then I said, well, where is she at? Let me slide my ring off. And where is she at? And I, like, tried to take my wedding ring off or whatever. And then, and then uh, whatever, we're just kind of joking. Then Kennard goes to me, what was that? And I said it again. I'm like, yeah, let me know where she's at. I'll take this ring off. And Trey had hit record on his iPhone. And he recorded me saying that. <laughs> it was very clever oh, of him. Nice. Very clever of him. And he goes, Burn. oh. He's like, oh, check it out. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh man, Pookie's not gonna be happy with me. But very clever of Drake to very clever of Kennard to do that. So Yeah. Um uh-huh. and uh uh Weed, you missed it. Chase uh Chase and I were walking back to the pits and Chase goes, I gotta go talk to Albertson for something or another, and I'm like, You might not wanna do that right now. Uh Top Jimmy <laughs> Top Jimmy was forty first. He did not make the night uh, show. So Well, it's funny, I actually texted Weed. I was like, Yeah, we may want to wait on a week on uh because we we're going to talk to him about the team and the right. team having all these injuries and and uh, yeah, I was like, we may want to wait a week. Just on that. wait a bit. I mean, I know he's he's banged up right now. He's I don't even know yeah. you know if he should have been riding. He's well, I think that was kind of the like point of our story, right? That he's kind of forced to ride because right. everyone else is out. Yeah, um, you know, and I'm sure Motorcycle Superstore wants someone out there. Um, yeah. So yeah, tough year for. Uh, for Jimmy, man. And didn't they and just hurt, let somebody so. go? Wasn't somebody off of their team? Now? Um, Os- no, I think, I Osby? Using it with a, or Worth? Is Osby gone? One of them is gone. Oh, really? Mark Worth? Are you that. sure you're not confusing it with uh, Daniel Baker on the other side of the No, team? no, no, no. Mark Worth or, or Osby is out of the team. Really? And then so is Daniel Baker. He's out of that team. But. Yeah, it, I, knew it, that. I knew about the Baker. I did. goes back. No, yeah, one of those guys. Ask around. Uh, I, I forget which one. Actually, I think it was Mark Worth. Because okay. JT made a joke about him not being worth the team's time or something. Oh. Something like that. He was worth exactly uh, one lap. Right, right, right. right. Um, nobody's really talking much about the Super Ross Paul Coates battles between France and England. But they're right around each one, other man. each week. Yeah, they're right around each other every week. Super Ross has been, I would say, fairly, fairly decent. Um, he's had a couple of top yeah. tens or right near the top ten. I mean, it's not, it's honestly not surprising. I, I've seen Subaros in Europe a hundred times, maybe not a hundred, but yeah, a but lot. it's different, right? Like, it's no, but he's, but he's got skills. No, but he's right. got skills. Yes. So I'm not that okay. surprised that he's doing that well. So, um, he's better than Tellier. <sighs> don't really? claim that all these French guys just automatically do well. Okay. He's, he's doing well. They don't, it doesn't always translate. Look at Tellier. Tellier had fantastic style, though, again. Fantastic style. But he wasn't getting these results. He wasn't. You're right. Well, he was held down by the team or the bike or something. Something. I don't know what, but I got excuses for him. I got to build some excuses for Tellier. Is that what his mom, girlfriend, wife, agent said? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Somebody said that. Somebody said that. Uh, Tickle came back, 14th. Uh, Nice, steady job for Tickle. I had him in. I had him uh, in the wild card, in the Rocky Mountain wild card, which I think was twelfth. So, uh, what else? Um, oh, there was a big managers meeting on Friday. 
Oh yeah, there was. Yeah, big managers meeting on Friday. Um, I cannot Did it conf- leak out. Um, yeah, it leaked out everywhere, everywhere. Everybody yeah. like was <laughs> like, they, you know, I think Feld said, hey, um, you know, don't don't talk about this, and everyone was like, I can't really talk about it. Then they proceeded to talk all about it. Oh, sure. hold on. They actually did say that? Because it was, I mean, I probably wasn't in the pit 20 minutes before I heard something about it. Yeah. No, exactly, right? Um, nah, well, yeah, it's definitely out. Well, I mean, D.C. was there. They let the... Uh, that's not who I heard it from. They let but the, yes, but they let the mag- an, an owner of a magazine be there. I mean, I'm just saying, if they were really worried, if they were really worried about about media leaks, and I didn't talk to DC, I never talked to DC at the races. Uh, no, that's not who I heard right. from. Yeah, but um, if, if Feld is listening, that's not where we got it from. The funny thing is, uh, so the rumors are uh, Salt Lake City is back next year, Minneapolis is back next year, one, uh, Santa Clara it will be gone, and um, one San Diego. So. That's, and maybe Seattle, right? That's what I heard. I didn't hear that maybe part. Maybe Seattle. No. Um, okay. They're I still did, they're so. still working on a chase format. Nothing's nothing's in, nothing's locked in. They want to. They're working on it. But manufacturers got to look at their contracts a little bit also, as far as bonuses and things like that. Um, Why would it change bonuses? I heard that. I don't understand what the difference is. I don't you know. Still have seventeen guys to win seventeen races. I think because somebody's champ. I think what they're saying, what the OEM's point is that. Um, a win in the chase might be worth more. Or so, I don't know. I'm with you. I don't really understand uh, it. I don't really get it either because, yeah, you just pay to win. You win, and that's it. So, yeah, right. Um, there was some concern for guys just riding it out and not trying as hard. Um, oh, God. But to me, it's like, well, you're still going to – like the chase wouldn't start at zero. There would be a handicap. For guys, you would get you know a number of points. Uh, they would they would reseed yeah. you. So Dungey would be in the lead right now with wins and points and everything else. So I don't get that part. You know that there was concern about guys not not trying. You still want to yeah, win. Yeah, right? oh, before the before the cutoff. Yeah, mean, before like, the chase. Like yeah. I, I'm in seventh in the in the chase, and I'm see uh, you know I'm good. I'm making the chase. I'm just going to ride around. I, I don't see that. I just no, don't, I don't I, see that. Yeah, just like Dungey was up. 40-something points and wasn't trying this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, that's, right? If it, that's honestly the same argument. If Dungey had any weekend to just be like, ah, whatever, it would have been this weekend. Instead, yeah. he, he rode his balls yeah. off and just about yeah, yeah. and just about died 14 times, you know? But <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, what else? Yeah, but guess what now? Now that, you've, now that that wound has been opened, I guarantee you if the chase happens next year, some dude, like, say, Brock Tickle will be it would be in 6th and 8th, which is where Tickle usually gets when he's healthy, right? He'll be doing exactly like he always does. And some idiot is going to say, dude, look at Tickle. He's just taking 7th because of the chase. He's not even trying. Someone right. will just randomly pick a random dude right. in a random position and claim they oh, can see sure. that they're not trying, even though they're doing exactly what they would have done well, any other year under the same old format. Actually, that kind of reminds me because that was brought up as as one of the reasons for 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 bonuses. So Tickle would have got fifth if there was a chase last year, and he has a top five bonus structure in his contract, right? Oh wow! Yeah. So do they? You know, I mean, if you're the OEM, are you writing him a check for fifth for seven races? I say yes. That's exactly what you're doing. That's what counts as the points, you know. Or yeah. do you add up? Are you taking the season series? You know, so we just kind of like that. Like, if you're an agent, you're saying, hey, you, you got to pay my guy. He got fifth. 
And the manufacturers are saying, well, no, he didn't get fifth. If you add in a full 17, he was seventh yeah. or whatever. So there's that little bit of problems. You're still only having one guy that finishes fifth of the year, though. No, I know. No, I know. But you, yeah. you have to determine, yeah. like, how you're paying him. I, I mean, I would think that you would right. pay him on the chase, you know? Yeah. I think one of the things that might be a problem is, I don't know if there's too much insurance out there, these bonuses these days. I think that's kind of waned because Chad Reed uh, cashed in too often and uh, the bonus um, odds got too high. Yeah. But I believe if you were doing your bonuses based on insurance, which means it's now an odds thing, I think they do need to try to figure out, does that make the odds, are you a longer shot or are you a better shot, and then how would that affect the odds? I think that's one thing I've heard. Yeah. You, you technically, you know, it's a little more mixed up, right? A guy could, if this, it conceivably opens the door for a few other guys to maybe win the title or get third that yeah. wouldn't normally, so then maybe it messes up their odds of making well, sure it's yeah. up. No, there, there, there is some of that, so I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. They want to, they also, they, they being felled, they are also worried about the length of lap times, and they are worried about, um, you know, a little bit about uh, trying to get the racers on the track longer. They also want the racers on the track longer. But one of, the, one of the things they said to everybody was, we send out our track drawings to you, and we never get any feedback. Everybody just goes, oh, okay. No one ever says, hey, what about this or this? So, mm -hmm. Good point. So, yeah, there is that. Um, yeah. Our own JT, too, was there also. So, again, if you're, if yeah, you're going to. Yeah, and a mag owner. Right. If you're going to have people, you know, Watson wasn't there, which would have been awesome because the last manager's meeting he went to, he got kicked out five minutes in <laughs> at, at Daytona two years ago. That would have been great. So I think, I think Coombs kicked him out. Get out of here, Watson. He started yelling about <laughs> nobody listening to him. So hey, uh, it's cool. They're having this meeting though. It yeah. sounds like a positive, but whatever comes out of it, I mean, just the fact that they're having this kind of go back and forth is cool. I agree. Uh, I agree 100%. And the theme was, of course, there were some changes at the top of Feld. Charlie Mancuso had been there since God knows when, since it was Pace. Um, uh, and then also uh, Ken Hudgens, who was a communications guy. They were both let go recently. So the point of this meeting, from what I got from the managers, was Todd Jandro, Dave Prater, folks at Feld are like saying, let's work together. Help us. Let's make changes. Let's, let's talk. Now... Where that goes from there, who knows? But that's it was all encouraging from everybody I spoke to, manager size, team team manager, team owner side. So, so that's good. Yeah. Um. What else? Okay. Is that it? Anything else I happened, Chase? Up. Anything else happened, Chase? That was funny. Uh. Did you no, ever? Did you ever really. eat the nacho bar from Cali? Did you Did you go to the Cali truck and eat the nacho bar? No, I didn't make it over there. And they even know they had it. Dude, they were, I was waiting forever. Then I just had to go. I was well, it was freezing, so everybody had their, you know, their tents up. So it wasn't, uh, yeah. it wasn't as easy to see inside to see what was going on. But I did get a, a good meal from Toyota. So. Oh, you did? Yeah, I, I waited forever yeah. for the. I was in the Cowie truck, and everybody was in the Cowie truck, and and I don't think Grant really likes me very much. I don't think he likes me hanging out oh, there. Soccer. I don't think he wants yeah. me to have this nacho bar. And in the end, I think he won because I left, but I, I felt like I couldn't wait any longer for this nacho bar before I had to get out of there. So, so it never, never happened. I was bummed. The cheese was there. The cheese was ready. The chips were ready. But the rest of the fixings were not. 
Oh, su- uh, hashtag super trials and tribulations. Hashtag, these hashtag supercross <laughs> problems, bro. <laughs> yeah, media problems, bro. Um, no free nacho bar, man. Yeah. Okay. Anything else, Weege? That's all I got. I'm I'm, I'm busy racing, bros. I got. Uh, you're not even. Got, go- you're not going this weekend either. No, then I'll be back. I'll come off the couch for the last three. Go to the last three. Um, I try to get all my riding in when the weather turns, and then I need to turn it off once the nationals start because um, I might really lose some very high-paying jobs if I uh, break my leg. In yeah. June. yeah, that's a good point, right? Um, now, yeah. now, Weege, is it tougher? Like, is, you know how racers come back after missing a couple rounds, and you know they're really just not as sharp as uh, you know they may have been at the beginning of the season. Is that how it is with you? Um, yeah, three, four I feel like I'm ripping. And then... I feel like I'm ripping during the week. I feel sharper than ever. I feel like it's time to bring it out there, and uh, my lap times are good, and a couple seconds lap faster. And also, as they say, you know, when you watch from afar, you see things and learn things you wouldn't uh, when sure. you're just there. So I feel like I'm going to rip. But watch me just go and barsha it, and uh, <laughs> just ball. Scoot yeah. keeper at who's... the press conference. And... <laughs> <laughs> who's going? Who's yeah. going this weekend for Racer X? Hansel? Uh, who else? Yeah, Hansel. You. you uh, so Hansel. I was thinking you of You do sk- work for us. You realize that. I, right? I know. No, no, I know. But I mean, just from, you know, okay. official mega. I was going to maybe think of skipping it, but I guess I can't. Like, we need two guys. Uh, you can. Oh, you're screwed because of uh, what about your flight where you miscalculated the day rate? <laughs> oh, no, I managed to change it. <laughs> I managed to change it with no penalty. But, um, yeah. I'm, okay. But I, I am out, I'm back out on Sunday after being stoked to be out Saturday night. But that's not That happening. is weird. It, uh, yeah, there was a day race last year, but this is much earlier. I know. Yeah. Well, Weege, you're, you, you're the TV guy. We're going to be on Fox. That's a big deal, right? That's why they're doing it. Yeah, I hope so. All I know is that when they were on Fox for the New Jersey one last year, uh, Chase and I both tried desperately to get the ratings, and the guys from Fox didn't really respond at all. And then I just kept asking, you know, at the race the next weekend, I guess Vegas or wherever the heck the next race was, and I finally got someone to crack and say, yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't good. No, yeah, it wasn't. So, um, and it, is it a little weird yeah. that it's in a dome? Like, right, I think that was some of the, uh, I guess, the the good part last year was this, you know, in this open-air stadium, the sun was out, you know, really kind of cool. And then, you know, I know, the, I know they're doing Foxborough too, but is it weird that it's going to be in a dome and – you know, not really look any different. Uh, I don't. Yeah. Or is that whatever. just me? Yeah, it's just you. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm 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 okay with it. Whatever. Try something new. You know what I mean? Like whatever. No, I think yeah. it's great. Yeah. That they're doing it. I'm not really gonna be pumped uh, on seven o'clock track walk, but uh, yeah. You know. Yeah, I think I missed that last year. So. Oh, from Good. New York, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that was just a security uh, line. Were they doing uh, oh. TSA checks to get oh, onto the track? Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. So. Well, hopefully the nacho bar will be ready this weekend. I hope. We can all pray. <laughs> what, 9 a.m.? Like, what are they going to serve? Yeah, it's going to be like a 10 a.m. breakfast. No, we'll have nachos for, before the night show at, at 1.30 in the afternoon. Okay. So, uh, all right, Jason Wygant, Chase Stalo from Racer X Online. Uh, this has been the Indianapolis Supercross Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing. Uh, thanks, guys, and uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Steve Mathis Show presented by Fox Racing.
Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbet because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Miguel was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled fifth and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. No problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years go.